0: The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org.
1: So as a part of this meditation, as we come to the end of it, I'd like to offer you something to reflect on. Your eyes closed and, and your whatever quiet you have. And the first thing is to consider what might be the most beautiful or one of the most beautiful inner states that you've ever experienced, you've seen in yourself or felt. What's the most beautiful, most valuable, most precious way of being on the inside, state of being, state that you know you, you, you've experienced in your life. <clears throat> Perhaps if it helps, remember the time you had it, the circumstances, so it becomes more alive here. <clears throat> Consider how it felt in your body, in your mind, in your heart energetically what it was like to have this beauty prominent from within. And if you have trouble finding something, you don't have to find like, the. it doesn't have to be the absolute most beautiful or some external standard, but for you. It's been the most beautiful for you that you know. And how was it experienced? How was it felt? How was it seen, recognized? And how did it affect you to have this, to be in contact with it? What way did you value it? And then if resolve could be also a beautiful movement, something beautiful inside, not harsh or hard or obligation, but if the resolve was a beautiful thing, beautiful, it lightened you rather than made you heavy, what would it look like? for you to be resolved on this beautiful quality that you thought about, this beautiful inner state? How could you be more resolved in relationship to it? And I would like to ask or I'd like to hear a little bit from a few of you um, something about that, ref- what happened for you, or something about that reflection. Anything you want to share? Partly so that I know and partly so you contribute to the group process here, that uh, we can see how we go forward from here, uh, informed by some of the... Responses or thoughts, reactions, something happened that reflection.
2: <laughs>
0: um, I, I just uh, went back to that feeling of what that experience felt like in my body and it just a tremendous great open opening, heart opening, opening, even going into vulner- vulnerability as well, but just that wonderful feeling of opening. Beautiful. Very expansive.
1: Beautiful. Thank you. Someone else? Right right behind you, Richard.
2: Um, When you said resolve, um, in my reflection, I was just thinking of the courage to overcome.
1: Beautiful. Thank you.
3: <clears throat> One of the suggestions that was made in the group before that I haven't done is to visualize. Um, and so this was an attempt to, you know, a, a perfect place right away to try that out. And I think that's nice. Even if the visualization wasn't about the resolve, it still brought up the feeling that you want to have about the resolve you've taken. So I thought it was very good.
1: Thank you.
0: I sense that what was needed was um, a willingness to recognize that feeling in any situation mm. and to let go of whatever conditioning was in the way to, to realizing that.
1: Mm. So that feeling is available maybe all the time for you and so willingness to recognize it. Thank you.
4: I uh, fell a couple of days ago and hurt my arm. And um, at one point, I was thinking, "Poor me." And then I decided to turn it around and say, "Lucky me." <laughs> and. Um, Lucky because um, I've never been, I've considered myself not that good or not that interested in mindful walking. And so the lucky <laughs> me was <laughs> was about um, the universe sending me the message in this way that mindful walking has wonderful benefits. <laughs> And when I went walking um, during lunch, I, I saw the most beautiful flowers and a hummingbird, and it was just like I was, I was being rewarded for my uh, resolve to walk mindfully and look at the, the joy that comes to me when, when I remember to do that.
1: Wonderful, thank you. Is that it? You know, you don't know what's coming next, so.
2: <coughs> mm-hmm. Yes. <coughs> uh, I've I've had many joyful moments, but I've never taken the time to treasure them or save them or remember them. Mm-hmm. So your question to me was kind of uh, illogical in my mind. <laughs> so. <laughs> I had a difficult time remembering anything because I never make a conscious effort to store anything because I uh, thought that it's every moment is a new moment and that's what counts. So, so I'm sorry, couldn't figure anything out.
1: Oh, interesting. So, this is a very important, very important thing for you to see about yourself, then, and to think about. Spend some time reflecting about that. <clears throat> Certainly, in Buddhism, there's an emphasis sometimes on just being present and let the impermanence of life just flow through you and not. T- you know, not really hold on to anything. <clears throat> but on the other hand, um, the appreciate, seeing and recognizing something clearly, and in addition to that, appreciating something that's beautiful, strengthens those qualities inside of us. And if we don't take the time to recognize or and we don't take time to appreciate, sometimes uh, certain things don't develop or get stronger and become habits. Um, I mean, a lot of people spend time appreci- uh, reinforcing. Uh, 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 unhelpful habits. <clears throat> so you know, if every time you miss the green light driving your car, you go, "Oh shoot!" <laughs> that's a certain kind of appreciation. It's a certain kind of, that's reinforcing some pattern of of, uh, of you know you know react reaction. And so, but we can we can turn the, turn it around and start if you're appreciating what's beautiful or wonderful or significant. And so in Buddhist practice, for example, a number of wonderful things can happen in practice, <clears throat> and you don't want to get attached to it, but you don't want to also just kind of dismiss it and let, there's a way of learning from it and developing from it. And then you find the Buddha and the uh, sutta sometimes talking about clearly recognizing when something is there. And, um, and I think appreciating, the Buddhist word for appreciation kind of is anumudana. And it's a beautiful quality. And, um, um, So you know, we're not Buddhist practice. Also, is not to um, um, everything's always changing and impermanent. But that doesn't mean that we have to be just the the uh, passive in relationship to that. Um, uh, The fact that things are always changing doesn't mean that you can't affect the way the river is flowing. So, I mean, maybe it's a bit wrong example, but say there's a creek going by your house. You you can't stop the creek from flowing, but you can maybe redirect it so it doesn't constantly overflow into your garden. Or you can redirect it so it goes close to your fruit trees so those those can grow strongly. And so part of Buddhist practice and part of the teaching of karma is that you're taking responsibility for that stream uh, and creating conditions for the beautiful things to arise. And so one of the things that helps that is appreciation of them when they're there. Okay. Yes, one more.
5: was recalling the last time i saw my mother alive and she was asleep and in quite peacefully and i had she wasn't close to death at that time so i had no conscious awareness that this was possibly the last time i would see her but i i just had this incredible sort of meditation just looking at her and feeling the intense love that i had i just felt um And that the love between us that we had shared, because we had a very beautiful relationship all of my life. And um, um, so just this permeation of, uh, it was like savoring her in a very wonderful way. And so to think of maybe possibly having that towards other beings.
1: Wow. (laughs) Maybe so. For all of us. Thank you. Okay, <clears throat> so that was an introduction to what we're going to do now, which is um, the Buddha talked about four particular things that were useful, useful to re- be resolved on. And one way I have of thinking about this is that um, <clears throat> you could have an end in sight, something that's important you want to do, but you, know, you certainly resolved on it, but in order to get there, you need to be resolved on something earlier, the steps to it. So like, if, like, maybe say you, you're, you're really compassionate and caring for people, and you decided you want to be, a um, be, during the summer, you want to be a lifesaver at the beach. So you resolved on doing that. Well, the first thing you should be resolved on is learning to swim. <laughs> and then you should be resol- resolved on learning the skills to be a lifesaver. And then you finally get the job, but you know you stay up all night partying. And you get, you get there on the beach and you're like... <laughs> You can know, you hardly stay awake and notice you know other people out there, you know. You know, you you know, you you know you know, you fall asleep at the in your know, life's life saving tower and you know lucky you don't fall off. <clears throat> and, you know, that doesn't help at all. So you have to be resolved while you're you know, one of the res- resolves, determinations during the summer of being a lifesaver is you have to be resolved to go to bed early so you can be effective. And so there has to be this resolve. And um, so, there, so what I'm trying to say is that there's other, you know, you might have something in, some, something in mind, but you need to take other steps into account as well. So these, if there are four qualities of things, two, four things to be resolved on the Buddha said. <clears throat> and these can be seen as kind of the stepping stones or the foundation stones for um, Buddhist practice as a whole. They can also be seen as good for almost anything else you want to do. And so what I'd like to do is to give um, have you explore these four qualities By um, breaking into four groups, about ten people, I think, in a group or something, and and when you get in your group, um, I want you like to discuss um, how is it that this particular quality that you'll be given is uh, helpful for doing Buddhist practice, spiritual practice, mindfulness practice, whatever (coughs) your wording of that is. How is it helpful? And um, um, why, is it, why is it important? How is it helpful? And, um, and what are the ways that you can um, have this quality be a, a bigger part of your practice? So how, you know, why is it important? How is it important? And how can, how, what can you do to make it a more important part of your practice? And so, there's a group of, of ten, and you can kind of go, start off by going around in a circle at least once, one round. Everyone speaks, maybe a couple of rounds or something, and then it can be more open discussion. But I'd like to have one person who's the uh, recorder, the reporter, who, who whose job is at the end when we come back here as a whole group, uh, gives a report about uh, what came up in your group. Now. This is a kind of an art, this thing. I, I, um, I think I'd prefer that it wasn't just kind of like wrote on everybody's said and just read it all, all the points. What I actually prefer is, you can take notes and stuff, but what I prefer is the person who reports back gives an imp- uh, uh, an impression of what went on in the group, or gives their own kind of, maybe it's very personal, but their own kind of um, um, digestion of it or their own kind of summary or overview of it without kind of going through all the different points people said. Does that make sense? What kind of the gist of it, it. Is that okay? So when, before you start, one person has to volunteer or be assigned. The <laughs> group can decide. And then... Um, <clears throat> so... Um, so, uh, so let's... Uh, I think we should do this by maybe counting off from one to... One to one to four. So one, two, three, four, one, six. One to four. So. Oh, one, two, one two, So you're two. Three. Four. One, two, three, four.
3: Just just. One. Mm-hmm.
6: Three. Richard. Four. One. Two. Three.
1: Four. One. Two. Three. Four. One. Two. Three. Three. Four. Four. Four, okay? Four. One. Someone say something.
2: Two. Three. Four. One.
1: And you're, Norma, you're two. One, two. Three. Four. And yet, Anybody left out? Two, three. Anybody else? Okay, so one can meet kind of in that side of the meditation hall. Two can meet, somewhere more on this side. Um, three can meet in the, in the community hall out by the kind of the pass through to the kitchen. And four can meet in the kind of doorway, going the area, that corner, towards the library. And then I'll come around and tell you, uh, once you're all settled, what is your quality that you have to discuss? we're enough back um, so let's um have the reports now I suspect that the reports are too long so no so I think I think you know probably like three minutes each even that way but then we'll be here you know. Uh, anyway, so uh, maybe two, focus on three minutes each. And if it, it looks like it's going somewhere well beyond that, I'm going to ring the bell.
2: <laughs>
1: like a
2: gong show? Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, um, so let's start with the first one. And the first one is wisdom. Yes, let's have the wisdom. Three minute wisdom. Let's do the mic. Remember this. You know, it's kind of like your.
7: Can you hear me? Uh, So wisdom arises that I chose to be the one to uh, to take the notes. So I have to refer to Jewish wisdom and use the word "oy." (laughs) Um, I I think for me is really interesting. Because it wasn't an easy word, I think, for our group to play with. We were coming with definitions, but then another idea, and another idea, and where does wisdom even come in? The resolve for it, and so the sense that I that I was getting from our group it's it's the beginning, it's in the middle, it's in the end, and it spirals back around, and it and, it, and it's part of a spiral wisdom that works, and what comes out of that. Is we have we have clarity. It offers a way to look at things deeper, to to find out more what's in there. Um, And then as as we worked with that, it it actually came around faith, was a big word in in our group, and actually a discussion because of everyone's background. Faith, you know, has its whole own discussion. But it seemed with that, then there's faith and there's trust and um, the sensing of. You know, then again, how did I even begin the practice? Well, there was a wisdom of something maybe deep inside me that put me into the practice. And, and then seeing other wisdoms that again arise from that. Um, so it felt for me, listening in the group, as it was a really beautiful offering. The wisdom is an offering and it's actually an unearthing and seeing actually the trust that we have this knowing inside ourselves and when we begin to trust that deeper wisdoms i think seem to be coming out for everybody in in their life and then there's the the faith part comes back again there's faith in the practice and and then, you know, what was the Buddha pointing towards? You know, he was pointing towards yourself to see that you have this inside of you and that it could arise, and that in itself then, again, is wisdom. So it's, a, it's almost a self-perpetuating thing, is what I actually got from our, our group, that it self-perpetuates itself.
1: Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you. So the first one is Wisdom. The second is uh, truth.
2: So this is of course my personal truth, uh, my interpretation of what everybody shared about truth. Um, And I think um, uh, first I think what I was struck by is um, as I went on kind of trying to summarize what people were saying, um, I think I got a little more confused in that everybody seemed to kind of be saying the same thing. As I look back over my notes, it was just sort of repeating and essentially the same thing. Um, and it was also suggested to me that, you know, it kind of gets re- it, it sort of tended to kind of get reduced down. And it was even suggested that I could just grab a flower and hold up a flower <laughs> as, you know, an expression of truth. Um, so first, um, I guess the first thing that I heard was, what sounded to me like, you know, Talking about truth in terms of honesty, in terms of you know just speaking truthfully um, and how speaking truthfully kind of um, supports resolve by reducing uh, or avoiding psychic distress and and the stress and distraction that would come with that, uh, but then that was um, sort of reinterpreted for me as um, um, actually. Um, acting or living from a place of truth from um, uh, kind of the truth in terms of uh, the true nature of reality or the reality of the way things really are and that that is in a sense an essential basis for um, resolve in that um, um, if you're if you're if you have resolve around something that's you know it's a true basis for resolve so if you have resolve if you're have resolve around something that's based in the truth, then that makes more sense than having resolve based around something that's based in delusion. Um, so that you're again acting and living from a place of the truth, um, the way things really are. Um, and then, um, and then we talked about, um, that, um, seeing, you know, so seeing the truth, um, there was the need for sort of an awareness of that and an acceptance of that and that in accepting the truth um, that there's such a relief and a uh, letting go of attachments and a freedom that comes from that and other words that were used was release and um, sort of a, a, an end of struggling and um, and a peace and a relaxation that came along with that and that that in itself then the resolve sort of just became, um, uh, you know, just obvious and um, just sort of just obviously flowed from that. Um, and, um, and then also uh, it was mentioned that continuing to come back to the present moment, continuing to come back to the truth um, um, and an awareness and acceptance of the truth was in it itself sort of an expression of resolve. Um, and that uh, in terms of supporting the truth as an aid to resolve um, that um, again being in the present supports truth Um, it was mentioned that uh, sort of an intention and a a foundation in ethics was important in terms of supporting the truth and a lack of judgment um, when one is um, trying to remain there in the truth um, and then also uh, flexibility so that um, I guess so that you stay with the truth and not with what you may think is the truth <laughs> um, and um, and one other interesting thing that I that was mentioned that goes again back to um, how when one Sees and accepts the truth, and that there's and the strength and the clarity and the peace that comes in that, and how that just naturally leads to resolve. Um, was um, someone kind of put it in terms of the hindrances, and how when one sort of like looked at the hindrance and saw the, the truth of um, a hindrance for themselves, uh, a particular hindrance. That just in the act of sort of seeing it and sort of becoming one with that, that the hindrance itself was in a way resolved.
1: Beautiful. Thank you. So, a little over three minutes. So, let's see if the next one can be three. So, now we have letting go.
3: Am I on? Okay. Yeah. I'm... Uh, letting go was ours, and um, so um, uh, the importance of letting go. Uh, I, I got the sense that that we, our group, felt like we had sort of gotten the plum out of the four. That that this was the uh, uh, sort of the the core, the heart of the whole practice, um, and. Um, some specifics were that um, um, we felt like uh, it was something to be realized, to be felt, to be uh, to become aware of on a deep level, the importance of, of letting go. Um, and uh, spaciousness was something that came up a lot, um, that the, uh, letting go was important to... Uh, allow space for everything to be experienced, not to be stuck in the past, holding on to something that's already happened. Um, And development uh, through cultivation, repetition, role models, developing habits, um, mindfulness, and Again, the, the body came up again uh, as far as uh, feeling the benefits of letting go and the downsides of not letting go. Um, and uh, lastly, we talked quite a bit about um, noticing the, the cycles and the changes in nature, both within our own physical bodies and, and all around us. And that was a very useful way of learning to let go, just seeing how things are just going on their mm-hmm. own. Beautiful.
1: Thank you. So, and then we have the last one, which is peace. To be resolved on peace. So, speaks the mother of three young kids.
6: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, peace, um, our group took to be kind of the idea of peace of mind, um, which people recognized was a fleeting and sometimes difficult state to sustain, but one that, similar to letting go, had a sense of spaciousness and a sense of being able to have wisdom and um, truth um, from that place. So it really felt like a very... It's sort of like what's left when you get rid of all the other stuff, Um, whether it's when you're meditating and you can kind of get your mind quiet, and then there is that spaciousness and that sense of being able to um, feel that ease. And so it was um, easy for us all to see how that was an important place to be in terms of allowing us to from that place let go of all of our weaponry of agitation or anger or whatever would make us um, do all the things that we might regret later. (laughs) So ways that we thought of to support that um, were certainly Mindfulness, like being in the present moment, noticing what's going on. Are, are we in a state of war in our minds or in our bodies when we're having a conversation or how we're relating to the present moment? And also cultivating like our meditation practice as a way to kind of touch a more peaceful place in ourselves and be able to kind of be reminded that there's this other state besides war-like suffering or agitation. Um... And a number of people said it's sort of easier to notice, it's easier to figure out how to get rid of the negative stuff than to just sort of make yourself have the peaceful state. So it was more a matter of like, how do I learn to turn down the volume on those other things? And then once we remove those or address them skillfully and get that need met or that feeling acknowledged, then once that resolved, we could could achieve a more peaceful state. And then from that place, it was all easier.
1: (laughs) Beautiful. Thank you very much. So there are these uh, four things to be resolved on that the Buddha talked about. Four aditanas, four determinations. So they're they're being determined on wisdom, on uh, truth, on letting go, and on peace. And um, when I think of these and why you may come up with these four, is that... um, These can be done in small ways, small steps in daily life. It doesn't require, it's not like the big bang peace, you know, like blow your socks off, peace. Uh, It can just be in this situation, this difficult situation I'm in, can I kind of incline myself, can I kind of look for how to be a little bit more peaceful here, not be caught up? Can I let go go of something here in this difficult situation? What can I let go of, even if it's a small thing? Um, uh, How can I kind of look for the truth in this situation? And we often do that anyway. And then, um, and, you know, wisdom. So wisdom means many different things. But um, how can I be wise? What would be the wise thing here? Or at least least wiser than what, what's operating now. Um, so I think you do it in small steps. And so to incline the mind and to keep them resolved on these things because they're maybe accessible in small ways, they are the stepping stones to some of the um, uh, more enduring and more powerful uh, changes and transformations that can come with practice. So to start, you know, to, to focus on that, the, a kind of, they can be close at hand at times. So you might consider this. You might consider which of the four you're strongest at, which are your weakest at. You might see if in what ways you can bring one of these four into a, a day or into a week into your life, and and uh, see if that can kind of give you some compass for your daily, daily life practice, some orientation, some context for it. Not just to be present and mindful of what happens in daily life. But today I'll be mindful and present, but I'm going to look for the truth. I'm going to look for how to be w- the wisdom here. I'm going to look for where to let go. I'm going to look for where the peace might be in this. So these are four resolves, so the Adhitanas, that the Buddha championed. okay? Okay. So we have a few minutes left. And, um, what, um, and, if, and if I, want, I don't know if I have enough time for what I had in mind, but what I'd like to do is uh, could we make it a... Maybe it's too many people for one big circle, but maybe we can make two circles. Maybe it could be like the, the floor people can be in the inner circle and the chair people can be the outer circle, so that we can kind of see each other as a group here um, in, in a circle. Function of a Dharma practice day is so we can engage in Dharma together with other people, and um, and uh, learn from each other, hear each, hear ourselves, be informed by people, kind of explore it in a community way, and an important part of Buddhist practice is to have a sense of community or sangha or feel connected to each other, and that's one of the things that can happen here. Um, it's probably these Dharma practice days is one of the strongest, quickest ways to get plugged in to other people and be connected. Than almost anything we do at IMC, Um, you could come for years to Monday night. Some some of you maybe have, and never talk to anyone and just sit there and you know in the back and slip out and and uh, especially if you're an introvert, it's going you know like take decades. (laughs) And um, and um, so anyway, so this is kind of a way of community, and I wanted to sit in a circle to to appreciate that and also to uh, maybe reinforce that. Here we are today we've been a community and we we'll have been exploring the Dharma together and I think it's you know it's quite a phenomenal thing in the world that there's a group of right now I think about forty of you who are interested in the Dharma and exploring it this way and engaged for so many hours in something like this It's a really beautiful thing it's not that common in our society in our world so I think it's nice to sit this way and see each other um, and there was one more thing I wanted to. Going to cover. We we only have ten minutes left, so perhaps we can do it um, with just some brief statements from different people. Uh, again, this popcorn style, and to see what people offer as a as a in response to the the question I have. And the question is, um, how can you get in trouble by being resolved? How can, how can re- being resolved become a problem? Holding on too tight. So holding on too tight. Stubbornness, willfulness. So being stubborn and willful. willful. Fixed views. Having fixed views. Losing sight, of, uh, you chose to uh, losing sight of why you chose to be resolved. Losing sight of why you chose to be resolved. failure to use wisdom which makes you obstinate <clears throat> delusions of superiority that result really extra so you what you're resolved on can feel extra important and so there can be delusions of superiority that come along with that those other people
4: causing, more harm. causing
1: harm, causing harm by, by pushing through too hard in the wrong way it's mm-hmm. all about me. All about me. So a resolve requires a certain kind of personal effort, perhaps. And since it requires a certain kind of personal effort, then there can be, it can tie into all kinds of delusions and problems, around, uh, attachments around self.
2: Being too on the
1: Focusing too much on the outcome. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: when it becomes a claim. Sorry? Uh, when
1: the resolve becomes a clinging?
0: Perhaps eliminating other options uh, our choices that might
1: have been... When it eliminates other options or blinds us to other options that might actually have been better? or. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when conditions change, not being willing to give up the original resolve. Forgetting to be relaxed. Forgetting to be relaxed about it. If
2: you're not, re- if you're not resolved to
1: stay with the resolve. <laughs> there can be a problem if you're not re- stay resolved with resolve. So you give up too easily or you become complacent or... It was it was a Deborah who brought up the issue of shadows earlier? Do you want to say a couple of things about the shadow side of Resolve? Well, I suppose
0: if Resolve were on a continuum and there could be some really negative. Uh,
1: yeah, but what would you use with mic? If uh
0: We could see resolve as on a continuum and um, there are some very um, uh, negative possibilities that can come out of resolve like harming or stubbornness or uh, attachment and clinging or really holding to a wrong view or um, a continued kind of selfing (laughs) Mm -hmm. and um um also, uh, imagining if we forget um, all the parts that um, are affected by resolve, like our body, um, um, forgetting uh, uh, to take care of ourselves in terms of our self and relationship and others around us because we're so determined um, like that great thank you very much
1: so any more things any problems
4: tendency to blame or judge other people mm. or events
1: that get in our way of achieving the goal? Mm. so blaming and and judging People, events that get in the way of our goal, what we're resolved on. So judging, blaming unnecessarily. Thinking that the end will justify the means. Mm-hmm. Thinking the ends will justify the means.
6: Blaming others who don't have a similar
4: resolve.
1: Blaming others who don't have a similar resolve. Mm-hmm. Or looking down at them, the superiority thing, you know. Those fools who are only resolved on truth, I'm resolved on letting go. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
6: if they only knew how to let go, <laughs>
1: they can be like me. <laughs> yes? I was just stressing the difference when I felt like resolve was coming from uh, an unspeakable place, from a really basic. A little bit louder.
6: <laughs> and that was good for me to see that I needed to get into trouble to know that resolve would come from a, a, another place from the heart
1: where um, I'm less likely to get in that kind of trouble <laughs> so you had to you had to act on your unskillful resolves to see how you got in trouble and then that would help you find a place of to come from heart from a, a beautiful place nice
2: And constantly re-evaluate,
1: and let that resolution kind of evolve as time goes on, like truth. You know, so I'm still resolved; and I'm not stuck to that one plan. You know, I see. Kind of open so you so you get in, tr- get in trouble when you stay fixed on on a particular way of being resolved, not realizing it has to be fluid or flexible or changing, that, depending on changing conditions. Nice. Okay. Yes, last one. I was thinking of the, you know, there's so many
2: business people, a purpose-driven life, and, you know, they're destroying the world in the name of their resolution. So the point, yeah, it's been mentioned, but we're not open to what is. Mm-hmm. Absorbing mm-hmm.
1: your uh-huh. So, and not understanding, also another point is not understanding the unintended consequences of your resolve. You might have a particular thing you think is good, but you don't notice all the people you mow, mow down in the way that you're going to bring world peace to the world. But there are all those people who stand in the way of that. <laughs> and the, um, so, um, thank you. So, uh, you know, our capacity to have, be resolved. Um, to be energized, committed, enthusiastic, devoted, uh, follow through intention is a beautiful thing, it can be a beautiful thing. And um, some people hesitate to devote themselves or commit themselves. They're afraid, they're reluctant, they whatever, There's many reasons they hesitate. Some people throw themselves in blindly or inappropriately or unskillfully in ways that cause harm, perhaps, and... Um, but finding your way to resolve, I think, and having a sense of its importance, I think is a beautiful thing. Um, it, um, I'm fond of the fact that, you know, the, the, um, you know, that, as I said in the morning, that resolve has in its Latin origins of the word the idea of uh, dissolving or solution, something that's fluid and you dissolve into. Um, and um, so in Buddhism, Buddhism has to have this combination of um, whatever you're doing has to be connected to becoming freer, becoming more at peace. And so if you, it doesn't make sense, it doesn't make so too much, too much sense if you do your Buddhist practice and it just makes you more uptight. and so so you can be very resolved, dedicated and committed, and to you know to help you dissolve the places you're all tied up, dissolve your knots. And, um, but the other word that I like the etymology of is um, commitment. And when I looked it up through the origins of the Latin the origins of the word commitment, uh, you know, com means with, but mit is like mitten. It means like to touch, and um, and to touch with. Uh, and so commitment kind of means to be in touch, be intimate with something. And so of being resolved, uh, not as some great abstract thing far in the future to have a sense that there's a kind of commitment or something something here immediately in the present that you're committed to, that you're in touch with, that you're intimate with, that you're moving towards, that you see as a possibility for some greater freedom or compassion or love. Here, in this moment, um, what would it look like? What would it be? Um, many years ago, <clears throat> I met a Zen teacher and, um, I wasn't, it, 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 it didn't st- st- jump out at me that, I wasn't inspired, this, this is by the person's wisdom. I wasn't inspired by the person's freedom. I mean, it could be the person who was quite wise and quite free. Um, um or the person's kindness or its love or many things that you could maybe, you'd maybe look for. But the thing that stood out for me that inspired me at the time was, um, his, uh, the years of his committed practice, like he, his, his resolve to practice and stay, stay by the fire, stay in it, keep doing it day in and day out, just practice, practice, practice. And it was something quite beautiful to see the strength, the power, the dignity, the nobility, the, the way that kind of he, it, it shed, you know, kind of was held in him and carried in him and oozed out of him. And, um, it was really inspiring to see. Not that everyone, not that well, everybody's supposed to have that as their standalone quality that stands out, but uh, it's it's a beautiful thing uh, to have be committed in your practice, to have the follow through, uh, to have a certain kind of determination that this is important and I'm going to do it. Um, And um, without something like that, probably there's no practice at all, and um, it would probably serve all of us well to be a little bit more committed or a little bit more resolved and devoted and enthusiastic and a variety of words, synonyms like that so um, that was the parami of resolve there is a handout here and um, it has, those of you new the handouts usually have some quotes from the Buddha having to do with this kind of topic and then the other side here, it's two sided has some reflections and some exercises you can do this month on the resolve and often with these things it's good to do them a number of times I mean, one way, one way to use this kind of year-long program is to spend the month between our classes to really repeatedly come back to this topic to the particular theme of the month and explore it and talk to your friends about it and, and experiment with it and kind of make it more a part of the, the month so you might want to make a resolve part of your month here and, um, and that's going be, be to be in preparation for uh, our next parami on May 6th which is loving kindness and um, so we have two more classes two more days like this this year and uh, as is the custom that IMC that people who practice here take care of the place and so if there's maybe seven or eight people who could stay behind to tidy the place up clean the kitchen and Vacuum the floor and do a variety of things. Uh, do we have that? So, Going on here. So one, Ed, two. Ed is point person for that. You, who is? Ed. You're the Ed. Okay. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I got you. I think one more. Eight. So Ed, there. He's he can t- he can be the point person to give the assignments or make sure everyone knows what they're doing. And then. Uh, for whatever benefit and merit that has come from our exploration of resolve today. May we consider how those benefits and merits and inspiration or whatever, how we can take and turn it around and and spread those benefits from us out into the world. So that what we did here today benefits the world as well. May all beings be happy. Thank you.